Ephesians 5, verses 6 through 14. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. As we began our study of these words last week, we acknowledge that there truly is a strange, incomprehensible kind of darkness that fills and engulfs and covers over the entire world that we live in and everything within it. And unlike the ordinary darkness that we have at nighttime, this special kind of darkness has its own personality. It has a nature an aggressive nature that seeks to reach into and to invade and to dominate and to control everything that takes place within that darkness. Every heart, every soul, the things that people think, the things that they say, the things that they do. And that nature is so very, very evil. And it is insidious beyond measure. And the ordinary people who live within that darkness seem not to realize their true condition. And rather than seeking ways to overcome the darkness, they simply accept it as being normal. And they seek to explain its condition through logical thinking and intellectual rationale, ignoring the unexplainable and reducing all of the rest of their circumstances down to only that which they can understand and explain through their natural senses. That of being able to be heard, seen, touched, tasted, smelled. And because people choose that course of rational thinking, sadly, again, most all of them will live their entire lives And then die, never knowing that their entire existence was lived within that mysterious sea of darkness. Now again, how can such a thing be taking place and men and women not be able to realize the presence of that darkness? And to realize that they are living all in amongst sons of disobedience that these scriptures tell about. How can that be so? The scriptures describe the condition as being a form of blindness. A blindness that's brought into the minds of ordinary men and women by that insidious power that lives and moves and has its being within those realms of darkness. Our scripture reference again for those words is in chapter 6 of Ephesians, 
verse 12, where we read, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We sing about those in the song earlier. A mighty fortress is our God. This world is filled with devils, with demons. And you and I need to understand clearly that these spiritual forces spoken about here really do have powers. Powers that go far beyond the natural limits that the ordinary mind is able to perceive. The power to influence and even control the ideas and philosophies and behaviors of otherwise ordinary people who buy into their manner of thinking. That is why you can so easily turn on the television. If it is MSNBC, you will hear the condition of this world being explained from one standpoint. If you turn on Fox News, you hear that same condition being explained from another point of view. Everyone seeming to buy into those different manners of thinking. And they are adamant about it. They are passionate in their beliefs. And those beliefs are so opposing in nature. Now may I pause for a moment here and remind us that the heavenly realms that are being spoken about here in Ephesians 6, the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, those heavenly realms are not up there somewhere. We often get confused when we hear the word heaven and we think heavenly realms is up there somewhere. But it's not. It's not. It's not the heaven that you and I are going to go to when we die, that place where those mansions of glory are right now being prepared and they're waiting for us when we breathe our last here in this life. No, these heavenly realms that are spoken about here are all right here and amongst us on this earth. And we are walking in and through those realms every moment of every day. They are the realms where the angels and the demons freely go about doing all that they do. And yes, even that place where some of the saints who have gone on before us also abide. That place where that great cloud of witnesses surrounds us as we go about our ordinary activities of, of our day. And those heavenly places are the realms in which we find that narrow path that's spoken about in Scripture that leads to life. And it also has that broad path that leads to destruction. Both paths intertwining with each other all taking place in the heavenly realms. And those heavenly realms are the wellspring from which all the mysterious darkness is able to freely flow and to influence the sons of disobedience that's spoken about here. But not only them, to influence you and me as devoutly as we might be in our beliefs. They are working moment by moment to influence you and me. Now thankfully, 
also within those heavenly places is the miraculous light of Christ. We'll be talking more about that next week. But that light of Christ shines out and brings hope and vision to those of us who have chosen to follow after that narrow path. And yes, again, all of these things are mysterious and they remain unseen and even unnoticed by all the inhabitants of this world, both those that are caught up in the darkness, but also us who believe in Christ and have the light of Christ. We still have, to some extent, blinded eyes. But I want us to understand that though we cannot see it, all of this is so very, very real. All of it is so very true. Now a question that we wonder is, why does God choose to do these things in this way where everything is so unseen and so mysterious? I'm convinced that one of His greatest reasons is simply mercy and grace. Mercy and grace towards us. Because our eager minds and our man-made courage would not be able to withstand the stress, withstand the terrors of being able to freely see those insidious evil beings flowing all around us each day. We would surely be paralyzed in fright at even a glimpse of the reality of all that's taking place around us in those heavenly places. And while I have sometimes been chided that I should not look for a demon behind every bush, I am absolutely convinced that they are there. They are here, all in amongst us, up close and personal. And they do all of those demonically evil things that these words of Scripture speak about. And I'm convinced also that God is giving us a little glimpse of what that demonic world is all about when he is letting us see the Islamic State right now in all of their evil behaviors. In the news a couple of days ago, they were beheading 85 residents of this one town in Iraq, lining the heads on the street, it was said. Folks, that's this demonic darkness being brought out into the light so that we can at least see some of it and understand that it is very real. Those demons influencing all of those people that are taking part in this Islamic state. And that's the continual interaction and influence that is the subject of the message today and these words that we're studying in our text. Let me get back to those. A few moments ago, I spoke about the reason why the ordinary eye can't perceive the presence of the darkness that is all around us. We said a moment ago that in addition to God's grace and mercy, it's also because the darkness is able to produce a kind of blindness within the hearts and minds of men. A kind of scale that covers over the eyes and prevents the light from entering in. Listen to these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning in verse 3. If our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. In Revelation 3 we read, verse 17, You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. 
but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. A great confusion takes place in the darkness. The thing that's so highly valued among men is our free will. We really like the idea of having free will. But it has a downside to its privilege. It's because of our free will that we can intentionally walk through these days of our lives in amongst this darkness, confused and poor and pitiful and wretched and naked and blind. Selectively seeing only what we want to see. Why would that be so? Why would we selectively only see what we want to see, believe what we only want to believe? Why are we one of those that's watching either Fox News or MSNBC? Selectively deciding which one of those is right and which one of those is wrong. Jesus described it in a way that we don't necessarily like and we'd deny it. But we're comfortable in that darkness. Even as believers, we find ourselves comfortable within that darkness. John 3, verse 19 again. Men loved the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. How willing am I to put my philosophies and ideas that I amen to on Fox News? How willing am I to subject it to the light of Christ? Let me tell you, folks, I'll find out, as I do, that I'm just as wrong as those folks that are watching those other channels. It's not a difficult task for the demons of this dark world to reach in and to corrupt every mind and soul and heart on this earth. We come into this life already prepared for their evil influence. In uh, Ezekiel 36, we read there where we come into this life with a heart of stone, and with a broken spirit. And left unchanged, our hard hearts and our broken spirits can so easily be swayed to join in and actively participate with the inhabitants of the dark world and all the many vile things that they do, described here as unfruitful works of darkness. How do we know that we're prone to do that? It's because God stops right here and warns us about it. He says to us in verse 6 of our text, let no one deceive you. That's what those anchor and those reporters are doing. Let no one deceive you with empty words. That's what so many preachers are doing. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. I want to believe what I believe. I love what I believe, but it's wrong. Let no one deceive you with empty words. You see, they'll say what we want to hear, and we'll be so busy amening them that we don't realize that both of us are wrong. We have no right to judge other people we hear, both from preachers and from news anchors. These scriptures tell us, no, we don't have a right to judge those outside of the church. God takes care of that. But he does say to us, Judge those within the church. Us. We believers. What are we doing with what's in front of us? 
Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them. And in verse 11, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. What are those unfruitful works of darkness, those deeds of evil that even we who are saved get caught up in? Let me read some of those for you. They're from Galatians 5, beginning in verse 19. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, he tells us, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Aren't those just simply awful behaviors? Those words describe the underbelly of the existence of man today. And we must understand that these words actually describe the ordinary, the normal conditions and activities of daily life that's taking place all over this world. Especially right here in amongst us in America. And again, whether our view is being taken from these crime-ridden streets of the inner cities or from those brownstone apartments where lawyers and doctors live or out in the suburbs where we live, the condition and the sin is basically the same. And those sins are running rampant all day, every day. Now consider these words that I just read for a moment. These acts of the sinful nature are so very common to us. And again, I want us to understand that yes, they fill the hearts of the sons of disobedience, those unbelievers, but they also are all in amongst our own beliefs and our own habits. Us born again believers. Those words again. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Do you notice right at the top of that list of those unfruitful works of darkness is sexual immorality? And that's for good reason. Because within every venue of life, sexual immorality in all of its vilest forms is completely out of control. And whether it be with teenagers or adults or the party scene or college campuses or office workers or just all of our venues of life, sexual immorality has become the norm. And it's being fed within that darkness, giving all of these feelings and passions and bringing them strength and evil powers that are beyond anything that we can muster to resist them. Because of that, that which used to be hidden is now coming out into the light, and we can see it, and it's taking place more and more today. I am running short of time again today. But let me just close with these thoughts having to do with just a, one or two of these others. This list of unfruitful works 
Verse 20, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. Those are all, they fit so very well within the family today. Bringing discord and divorce, jealousy and divorce, fits of rage and divorce, selfish ambition. Folks, let me tell you, I confess to you, my work was far more important to me than my family for so many of the years of my life. I repent of that, but I can't go back and undo it. We have selfish ambition. What breaks up churches? Dissensions? Factions? What causes office dissension? Same thing. Those factions. Envy. Question before we close. Are you, am I, willing to admit that at least some of these sinful behaviors, these unfruitful works of darkness, are taking place in our own hearts. May I say to us, yes it is. Why can I say that? It's because God is warning about it to us here. By His warning, that is proof positive that these unfruitful works of darkness are absolutely taking place within your and my heart. And what he's saying to us is stop doing them. Stop doing them. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. Now you are light in the Lord. At one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the world. So do not become partners with them. There are people all around us in our families, in our friendships, that seek to influence us. They don't even know that they are doing it, but they're seeking to influence us. And the Lord says, don't become partners with them. He uses this word partners. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 tells us, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with unrighteousness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord does Christ have with Belial, the devil? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? Folks, those conditions, those commands are to apply in every venue of our life, whether it be boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, marriages, friendships, even in our work relationships. All of those are tough decisions. But you and I have to consider them and not be partners with them not be corrupted by them. Let me close with these words. Verse 8 of our text. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Let's pray.